2: Oh, phoenix Hey yo. Why should you visit the chairshot.com? The chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. The chairshot.com always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish
0: Greg DeMarco show Best in all its future endeavors.
2: Let the music play on, play, on, play on. Everybody sing, everybody dance. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to party, carnival, fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. We're going to party, carnival, fiesta.
3: It is a Tuesday night, which means it is time to record The Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. I believe that's the date I said it was a couple weeks ago when we recorded this show. Actually, I think I said it was the 28th, but whatever. Um, but it is actually the 22nd today. My name is Greg DeMarco. This is The Greg DeMarco Show. You can find me on your social media at Chair Shot Greg. Of course, The Greg DeMarco Show is part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can find at
0: thechairshot.com always use your head
3: thechairshot.com is part of the chairshot radio network which you can find on social media at chairshot media of course that's thechairshot.com your home for wrestling reviews opinions and analysis plus so much more it's sports it's entertainment and it's sports entertainment it is thechairshot.com
2: thechairshot.com always use your
3: Of course, we are streaming on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts. We even just added Amazon, podcasting services, and so many more. So go out there, like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, and leave us a five-star review. We do appreciate it when you do that. Also, tell a friend about the show. If you like it, pass that along. Let them know so they can listen. If you don't like it, well... Tell them anyway. Let them make their own decision. That's right. You don't get to make your decision for your friends. You you, you tell them, hey, I didn't like this. Why don't you listen to it? See what you think. And then this way they still listen to it. So go out there and and, and spread the word. I'm not doing this alone. Not today. In fact, I, uh, you know, it's we're going old school today. If there can only be two people on the show, then there can only be two people on the show. And that means... I am joined by the Wrestling Realist himself, Patrick O'Dowd, at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling. There is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick, and there's not one in Carmella.
2: F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. F-A-B- this is such good shit. I'm
3: still using the old one.
4: Yeah, you got to work on that, man. Get up with the time. I do need to. My get girl the new has end. new music.
3: She does. She Dude, does have new music.
4: We talked about that. Th- did we talk about this on the show? Like you were gonna, you were gonna morph the two.
3: I was. I was gonna go. Like, I think it was off like the, the show that we talked fade about. Fade into the new. It was off the show off that the we show, were talking about. It. I think it was on the phone because you were
4: off the show last week. Like you know last what? Week, Actually, to, to
3: be one hundred percent honest, I think we talked about it last Tuesday <laughs> on the phone. Oh yeah. Because oh, you guys after, recorded right, that morning,
4: recorded,
3: and then yes. I talked to you on the phone probably at the time that we normally would have been recording, and so right I just, before I got to the wrestling school, so there, there,
4: there was a lot of fun stuff that happened out of that show. With uh, yeah, we the show dropped a day early, right? Like did we no, drop it on accident? It? Yeah,
3: he did put it up. Yeah, well, no, just well, you hate like t- iTunes. T- it dropped on the uh, distribution channels on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Because he didn't right. change the date, so you
4: yeah. all you all got an extra day of Demarco show without uh, me, listener. Yes, yeah, without Demarco. Yes, um, which hey, is fine. I, I was I received positive feedback. You did from the work that we did from Craig Demarco. Very well. So, uh, so there, there there's, there's that. Thank you for the thank you for the the props. Um, and you were you were missed. We we made sure to.
3: Yeah, you guys did. you guys definitely
4: we gave you all the love.
3: Definitely give give the love and recognition. No, it was really good. It was um it, it was it was well done. I really enjoyed listening to it and, and entertained. You guys literally came into like fifty nine minutes. That was impressive. Um We
4: were very proud of, of the timing. Yeah. We it should
3: proud. have been. Like really it was it was well, well done. And uh I, I thought that, you know, it was you guys worked hard and, and it showed and, and yeah, it was yeah. definitely uh A good time. Not going to lie. And by all.
4: I've been feeling really good about the timing on both the podcasts that that we did this week. Like, I was relatively on schedule for a list show on Bandwagon Earth.
3: Yeah, well, you guys had a lot of overlap, and that helped.
4: It did. That made a big difference. And we had a whole hour to do our top five after the first half because of that overlap
3: which was good. And and you guys did it great. And and that's actually, I'm not into the top five yet. I think I got through the commercial break and still need to listen to the top five, but I will. That's a great thing about podcasts is that they, uh, they tend to exist and and you can listen to them whenever they tend to exist exist forever. (laughs) And and they're out there and and not always forever. Some services only keep a certain amount, but yeah, they, they, they exist to where you can hear them and, and they're always available. And so if you can't listen to the whole thing, you can always go back and, and listen to more. Just I just playing it as a reminder. We we do have the uh do have the danger zone cards. Never been used. A danger zone card has never there was, ever been used.
4: I think you've you, you messed it up on me one time because like there was a day you, you basically conceded on what I wanted to talk about for the danger zone card as like the right. topic to talk about. So it was like
3: So it didn't count. Oh, damn
4: it, now I can't use it. So that's probably the, probably the election that was that was probably around then. If I remember probably. correctly, I was just I just remember. it was like, I'm going to come in guns a blazing, and then you were like, we're going to talk about this, and I was like, damn it.
3: So you were going to use it, and then you realized you didn't have to use it because I or
4: exactly got yeah, because I
3: just knew. I think I just knew at that point, like this is going to need to be used, and and that was right. it. But yes, good show last week. A good shoe. As PC Tunney would say, he always says it in text form, though. He doesn't actually physically say good shoe. But very well done. Right. This is for you.
2: Awesome! I came to Okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. I okay. I okay. I okay. Okay. Okay.
0: You guys know how to party.
3: There is no Miranda Morales this week on the show. You can go follow her on Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. She is not here. She's out visiting family. You know, I always, one thing that always makes me laugh, and every podcast does this, and I don't know why. And you guys even did it to me last week, and I've done it before, and, and you guys did it to Bandwagon Nerds. No one's ever on assignment. Like, why do people say that? Oh. So and so's on assignment, like. No, it, it's fun well, because I, you want to sound like a real radio show where people are actually on assignment. No, I was talking. I was the closest thing to on assignment last week because I was talking to students at a wrestling school. But like, sure. Miranda's not on assignment. Miranda's visiting family for the holidays. Like, it, it, it's when when DP's mean, not I, on I, one I of your shows, it's because he's mowing his grass. Or I just don't want, to,
4: just want to out your business, man. Like I that's all. It's like, all good. No, I know you don't care, but like I care. I care about you. But I don't, they just said they're not some, here
3: prior commitment uh, on assignment just it just cracks me up every time i guess it's because when you know too much and you're like i stole it no i
4: stole there. it from i stole it from um because it's the it's the three-man weave group that i first heard yeah. like plant said oh, it, dude, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of
3: cute he's been doing on assignment for years on assignment is like a typical right. sports show news whatever thing
4: so yeah i, r- I ripped funny. off of, i ripped it off like it's okay
3: but no one's ever i'm just gonna pull the curtain back no one's ever on assignment
4: I mean, I didn't do it on this past week's bandwagon nerds when Ray Cash wasn't there. We just said he was under the weather. True. he was under the weather. That is true. He was legit. So let's
3: see and it and it went it's, over. It's, went it's not over. an
4: always it's not we don't always do it. Or at least I don't always do it. I, I did just it to
3: clarify time. for everybody though. If you hear that somebody is on assignment oh shit,
2: oh shit, oh shit. Dave, it's me, Dave.
3: They're just doing something else. <laughs> that's that's what they're really doing. It's,
4: it sounds, it, it's, it's, I didn't realize you were this passionate about this phrase. Like it's
3: like, it's right up there with, with someone referring to a sports team as us. Like that is, is right up there. Oh, with,
4: I do that all I do I that all do. the time. We, we actually, I, I'm on the it was team. a topic.
3: It was a topic once in a show, Paris, we had this whole big, long topic about sports teams being us. And I think I conceded that it was fine or just not as big of a deal as I wanted it to be or something ah. like that. But it's a,
4: it's a communal, it's a communal thing. It's like wrestling. Like I think, I think wrestling fandom. And I mean, you look at it now. I know you don't like that. Wrestling fans think that they are part of the company that they follow, but, but
3: I've, never they really heard, I've never heard. I've never heard an AEW fan talk about the rating they pulled. I never heard an AEW fan be like, look at the rating uh, we got this week.
4: I guess so. I guess it's a different level of it is. community obsession. It is Or a different sort of community obsession. How's that?
3: I agree. I agree. And, and, I'm more okay with another college side of things, especially if it's a college you went to like that's a more, right. Like I can refer to Virginia tech as us. You cannot refer to Illinois as us. I'm sorry. You do. I, and no one's going to stop you. I mean, you my, my
4: mother worked there and, you know, put food on our table for most of my so life. So she but, you know, can call it cool. us. She can call, she can go us. I had, I was a season ticket holder and we were too poor for me to go to the university of Illinois. when, when it finally Watch out for Keith. Cause she left, but it's okay. You know, it, you know, it doesn't have any meaning to the, to the community of, of rural Illinois. We, we don't value the university. We just, you know, pour money into it. So even as non-students, so. There's no angst
3: in this whatsoever. No angst whatsoever. Not at all. I feel like, I feel like you watch, I think you watch you go online and you watch the streaming of the university of Illinois graduation. And this is you. That's you watching the Illinois graduation. Should be me. It should have been me because you
4: graduated I mean, already. I mean, I mean, I never, I've never done that, but you
2: know, of course. Now you that you
4: mention it, Aww, put now, I'm, i usually working at a different graduation at the time that the, you, universities true. all tend to end at the same time, brother. You know that.
3: That makes sense. That makes sense. That that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, you can follow Miranda if you want to at the hashtag Miranda. <laughs> She's a nice person. Go ahead and do it. I would say that. She's one of my two best friends. The other one's Patrick O'Dowd. Um
4: She's a nice person. She's, she's a nice
3: person, wonderful. right? Go follow her. Um, follow me, follow Patrick, follow everybody. Just just follow. Just just follow. Be a bunch of followers. That's horrible advice. Be a bunch of followers. Right. Um yeah, you know, uh Patrick O'Dowd. This is this, I hate having to do this. Like I am so spoiled. You could go to Perl forward slash a chair shot and you get a t shirt. Oh, my good! I couldn't see it. Patrick O'Dowd is currently wearing the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling shirt. And this is a good time for me to double check make sure we're recording. We are. Good. 13 minutes not wasted. Because <laughs> um, the Zoom is not recording because we're not doing video. And so I was like, oh, crap. I hope the, uh, hope the thing is. There's also probably a really bad echo for me because I haven't hung a bunch of stuff up in the new house yet. Yeah. So.
4: I was going to say the sound is bouncing a little bit. But yeah. then I have
3: no room to talk. I got to figure that out. So I'll put some more stuff. Up. Cause,
4: cause I, I care. We, we talked about passions and I'm passionate enough to get a better microphone and decent and a decent headset, but like sound dampening. Yeah. Like no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet, Greg. I'm not there. I'll dampening. work on it. I'll figure it out.
3: So I just so, moved it's in. It's only been a day.
4: De- 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 it's only been a decade on this show. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I moved in over it, the weekend.
3: The so decade. yeah, we'll figure it out. I gotta, as we,
4: as we say on the bandwagon, maybe 2027. 20, yeah. Uh, I'll get on board. That is the year you like to
3: use, 2027. It is. You know, that'll be the year that we pull out of COVID and Patrick, sound dampens. So, um, yeah, ProWrestlingTees.com, Fortress Chair Shot. Pick up your very own Chair Shot t-shirt. Patrick O'Dowd was sporting the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling t-shirt, which you can get over there. Uh, lots of shirts. Got the Bandwagon Nerd shirt. Got Everybody Hates Greg shirt. Got the Queen of Soft Style shirt from Miranda Morales. You also have the old school chair shot logo designs, the round logo, the always use your head shirts, other podcasts as well. Like a winner is you. And so many more go out there and give me the hashtag journalism shirt, which is kind of the official unofficial shirt of the outsider's edge podcast. And many, many more head on over there. Proressing forward slash the chair shot. Every shirt is nineteen ninety nine. a couple extra dollars. We'll get it for you in soft style. We all know and love the soft style. It's way more comfortable. It just, just, buttery soft fabric hugging your skin and and you don't want to miss out on that if you want to support other endeavors like impact zone wrestling guess what we sell those shirts over there too so go out there and check them out patrick i'm not gonna tell you this on air i'll tell you it off air i got a whole new subset of shirts that i'm gonna release after the first of the year i'm very excited about them and i i don't know if anybody's gonna buy them um they probably will because they're really funny. And I think that there'll be a lot of fun. And my, my dream is to see one on a wrestling television show. That's been the one that, that I, I really want to see. And I've seen it in pictures of people that I didn't maybe, even maybe know part had them. of
4: the, Maybe part of Thunderdome?
3: Oh, I'd love to see it as part of Thunderdome. Or, you know, one of the 500 people they let in the Daily's Place. I don't know. But, yeah, that would just be great to see a chair shot shirt. And the ones that I'm going to be putting out. I think we might be able to see at some point on something, and that's just that's just I'll, I'll we share. We still it
4: with got him. the Baron Corbin suck shirt.
3: Is that, oh yeah, is that one's still oh there? yeah, it's
4: still available. That's a, that's that's a, that's a that's a Greg Demarco show original.
3: And the great thing about that is, of course, he knows about it and he, he likes it. He hasn't bought one, as far as I know, unless he bought one under a different name, which is entirely possible. Um, but right. yeah, yeah, he has not. Has not made a purchase of the old Baron Corbin Sucks t shirt. Yeah, that is a, that is a, uh, that goes back, goes back a couple of years with the, uh, it is. the Baron Corbin, Baron tweet Corbin
2: exchanges sucks. and everything. It's time for another edition of Baron Corbin Sucks.
4: Baron Corbin did something this week, but nobody knows and nobody cares because Baron Corbin sucks.
2: That'll do it for this edition of Baron Corbin Sucks.
3: See, and that was full-on improvisation. As that was not on the rundown, but this commercial break is.
2: pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only 5.99 per month get your free trial today at powerslam.tv
3: go to powerslam.tv promo code chair shot, get your free month again that's powerslam.tv promo code chair shot the
0: chair shot.com. Always use your head.
3: Really funny social media post that I just saw. And and you know, I'm not political. I hate politics. So I'm not turning this into a discussion. But it says So if I run my stimulus check through a Dominion voting machine at 4 a.m., will my $600 turn into $100,000? There's
4: been a lot of good memes about the $600 thing. There have been. Oh, gosh. My favorite one in it that I've seen so far, speaking of the holidays, is the uh, Clark Griswold getting his bonus scene. He, yeah, is showing him looking at the check, and they've changed it to us. Uh, uh, the it, it says Jelly of the Month Club, but they changed the signature to be Donald Trump and, and Congress at the bottom. It's good stuff.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of good a lot of good ones out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna right. post that one. There we go. All right, beautiful. Yeah.
4: quick quick share. We're gonna talk about wrestling at some point, right?
3: I mean maybe so what we're doing this week is i've got a list of what one two three four five six seven topics and i'm gonna throw in an eighth topic too patrick redow doesn't know about yet uh and we're gonna talk about kind of using the old quick hits format maybe semi-quick but they will definitely be of the the quicker variety and, and lots of fun to talk about there so we're gonna talk about some topics and have a little bit of fun so uh yeah what do you uh we say we have at it? You ready to have at it?
2: Yeah. Let's have at it. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang.
3: Bang. So the first one, Patrick O'Dowd, I- I'm going to throw you a curveball. And I'm going to start with the one that you don't know is on the list. And we already kind of talked about her a little Uh-oh. bit. Your girl, Carmela, and the job yeah. she is doing since the return the new character, the tweaked character, all the new elements. I got thoughts, but I figure you got thoughts. And I know you brought up a little bit last week with PC Tony, But yeah, you take it away, man. The new Carmella.
4: I, but I'm biased. I mean, of course I dig the new, the new look Carmella, even though it's kind of the same look Carmella, just, uh, just kind of a, a re- kind of a recentering of herself and and having a level of confidence that, that she can, that she can be the, the baddest bitch in town. And just the, the the repackaging, the new look that like, I know people, a lot of people kind of griped about it, just sort of being more of the same. I don't care. I love it. I like the look. I love the little, the the silhouetted entrance that we got the new music, uh, you know, pay-per-view went down basically the way we expected it to go down, but I don't care because they made her, you know, she came back, she's a contender. She reminded everybody that she could be a contender. She, in my opinion, looks like she's improved quite a bit uh, just in terms of her work in the ring. And yeah, I just, I think it's a nice injection of something a little bit different from what we've seen out of the women's division for, for, for the first time in a while. So. Absolutely. Oh, Carmella.
3: And you're biased. You're, you're 100% biased, and we all know totally that.
4: totally biased.
3: Love her. You're also not wrong. Like, that's the thing. You might be biased, but right. you're also correct. Um, she's doing a fantastic job. Like, she really is doing a hell of a job. And I think she deserves a ton of credit for it. Her in-ring work is vastly underrated. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's hung in there with Stasha Banks, who many consider to be one of the best in, in-ring female competitors. Um, the entrance is great. She just gets her character. Like, that's the thing. Like, she plays the character to a T. And you talked about how it's the same. It's not, it's definitely an evolution of what she was. But right. the sommelier, Reginald going out there, he's fantastic. And, you know, of course, yep. we can't break things over people's heads now. So, breaking the bottle on Sasha Banks' back, and just, it's just a great piece of her character. Her entrance at, um, TLC was great. It's, it's great. She don't smack down and Corey Graves is on commentary. It's just so funny. Like right. he just goes so far into it. And he's like, if I'm dreaming, Michael Cole, please never wake me up. Like, it's just so many little things. And of course, you know, of you think you're biased. Obviously he's biased. Oh yeah. Um,
4: right.
3: He's the, he's, you're not, you know, there's, there's no one in this world you're more jealous of than, than, Corey Graves. And oh no,
4: not at all.
3: And it's, it's, but no, she actually, and that's why I want to do this one. um she's doing damn good and, and I think I don't know if she'll ever get the credit she deserves from the internet and I don't think that matters no she doesn't need it um, well because she does it's, it's
4: the Barbie doll argument like she's so
3: much more than a Barbie doll
4: no the, I agree like, it's, it's the not, Barbie I mean, obviously doll obviously I agree
3: but that same internet loves Scarlet Bordeaux who is the Barbie doll herself
4: right and does last right now but yeah. anyway, uh, I'm, I mean, again, I'm biased. So what do I know? But yeah, but I think that it's it's a really easy, it's a really easy crutch that that fans fall into. Like if you're blonde and not Charlotte Flair, like you almost immediately have this mentality from a certain keyboard warrior group that well, this person pri- this person doesn't can't work. They're only going to be there for their looks. Like, unless you chop your hair like Mandy, and then suddenly it's like, oh, that's great. Look, she chopped her hair. She's a serious wrestler now. Like, what the fuck?
3: No, I get it. And, and I think it's also some of it's how she debuted. I mean, she was oh, yeah. Enzo and Cash's valet. Enzo and Cash. Mm-hmm. And and that was it. Like, And she was cutting the Queen of Staten Island promos and all of that. And right. I think people just didn't like that. Her NXT but, run but even was... Back- Similar to Alexa Bliss, who did nothing in nXt outside right. of really managing, and now they're both mo- you know champions and and, and it's and it's, it's, it's well were-
4: known that they told her that they wanted more for her than to be Enzo and Cass's valet like yeah. that was like that's that's documented like and there, she's the one plenty of interviews the that have confirmed that just,
3: yeah. You know, she's still in the company. They're not. Never coming back. Nope. Most likely. Uh, especially, you know, Cass has had his yeah, issues. Yeah, Enzo's, Enzo's had. had his issues. So, uh, stranger okay. things have happened. But, yeah, I just don't see it for either of them coming back ever. But, yeah, it's just really... Um, doesn't get the credit she deserves. And maybe never will. I don't know. At least not from that.
4: Base. She doesn't get credit well, she makes people. her When she makes her Hall of Fame speech, we'll be right, we'll be right
3: She there. doesn't get the credit she deserves from people who... Don't even deserve the say, basically, mm-hmm. if that makes any right. sense. And and as I go, go into the negative there that I shouldn't go into, but whatever. It is what it is. So so there you go. I wanted to start off with a little bit of Carmela as we do our quick hits. Bang, bang. Next up on the Quick Hits, uh, as, as you guys know, I've talked about it multiple times on these shows and others. I have been singing the praises of the acclaimed in all elite wrestling. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, just a perfect combination of talent. And And they went, I believe they're 9-1 and one now uh, in, in AEW. And last week, they made their, de- their, their debut on Dynamite. They've been wrestling on Dark ever since. And they beat SCU, um, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian version of SCU and issued a challenge to the Young Bucks who were watching in the crowd. And, and of course, the Young Bucks accepted, and now on Wednesday's edition of Dynamite, uh, the acclaimed will be challenging the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. They're currently number five in AEW's rankings, if those matter to you. Here's my problem with all this. Most people, especially those watching Dynamite and following it religiously, they already know that the Young Bucks book the tag team division in AEW. And the reason why I had this problem, because you had Max Caster, who I love, uh, saying on social media that they're the best tag team in the world, that that he and Anthony Bowens now get to wrestle against the best tag team in the world in the Young Bucks. And it's the problem for me in, in AEW, because if it was WWE, they would not be saying this they would be saying that they believe they're the best and they're going to prove it by winning the tag team championships. And, and so what I hate seeing is basically we're kissing the young bucks ass and we don't need to, but we're doing it because they're the bookers. They're booking the tag team division and they're the tag team champions. And I just, it's just, to me, it's counterintuitive and it, it does fall under the guise of, we know too much, but they they wanted us to know too much. They were spouting these things off when AEW started. So thoughts on the fact but Greg, that...
4: Greg, Greg, Greg. Yeah. AEW's different. Like, AEW's different. Oh, no, it's different
3: already. Right. It. Completely it's different. different. All right. Yeah, completely different. 100% different.
4: It, as in, it's the 1980s NWA and Dusty's booking the territory. But, I, I mean, no, Dusty didn't put himself with the road warriors because of, you know, reasons. Sorry, <laughs> yeah so i cut you off your question though did you No, you, you're
3: already you're going you're, you're already
4: yeah it's it. it just for so, for a place that's not supposed to be full of hypocrisy and everybody gets a chance if you've got to stroke the egos and jerk off the bookers because you feel like you like what are you really doing like what are you doing and, and are you you're not making yourself like you said you're not making yourself a credible contender like you should be right running them down on social media you should be talking about how they're a sham if realism is what you're going for AEW take the real risk and have them talk about who's really in charge and call them out that way now whether that's good booking or bad booking I don't think it's good booking to do that but if you're going to have them talk about the young bucks don't prop them up like yeah. not a, I'm happy to be here did you buzz me or something
3: no my uh I had an alarm that went off.
4: Oh, oh, gotcha.
3: I knew turn it turn off. I forgot.
0: Uh, well, take your pills. <laughs>
4: Anyway, yeah, it's just when well, you've talked about this repeatedly on multiple shows, this one included. It's just another example of the ego stroke that is, yeah, the, the, uh, that is AEW. That I don't know. It just the, it hurts what you're trying to build. It this, does. This is why, they, and you need to be critical of it.
3: AEW's roster is so bloated. And Tony Khan has even admitted this and said he probably would have cut people if not for COVID because he feels bad cutting people during COVID. And and they have the opportunity to do that. Although now there's rumors that the Khan family and their investors have said, don't put any more money in AEW. So that'll be, I think they will cut people once this thing is over and that's fine. They have so many freaking people on the roster. I don't think they'll cut the acclaimed. Here's my problem. Oh, go ahead.
4: You've got Miro working on dark, right? Like, didn't I see that? He's
3: like yeah. They, I don't mind. Know. I mean, it's so hard. dynamite's a two-hour show, and what I hate is the fact mm-hmm. that dark can have seventeen matches. Five of them are women's matches, and then the women get three minutes on dynamite. Like, right? It's just it just shows you what they how yeah you know, how they really feel about women's well, wrestling. Well,
4: I guess my point is you talk about the blow to the roster when you have seventeen matches that don't make TV and are elsewhere, and not all of those like people are t- under
3: contract either. The ones that appear on
2: sure there.
4: but but still like you're, you're putting it under your brand you're saying it's this, this is your thing I, I don't know i just right maybe you get, whenever you get that magical next show when's that coming next year elevate like or elevation you know? is what it's yeah, gonna be called
3: supposedly, supposedly supposedly we'll see um and it could be that uh, could be anything i mean aw elevation right. could be any like they aw heels is a money grab social media platform so there's a lot of things that that it could be who knows here's my issue with the bucks and the acclaimed fighting tonight if you're listening on wednesday if not it may have already happened and maybe i'll be proven wrong i hope so so here's what the acclaimed did right they made their debut they weren't called the acclaimed they were calling themselves the acclaimed but they weren't called the acclaimed and they lost to uh the best friends chuck taylor and and trent trent beretta and they did the diss track they did all that stuff then they started winning matches against jobber teams on dark to amass their record of eight and one. Then they finally, and, and they're getting, and they were getting over like they were one of the most overacts on dark. People talking about social media, mainly because of two things. Number one, the diss track that Max Caster always cuts. And number two, they work really well as a tag team. They were coordinating their tights. They were, they have their own theme song. They got signed after their third match, all the, actually their second match. And, and they just kept going and, and they kept buying into what they were doing. Um, they get the match against SCU. They win by cheating. They they hit uh they hit uh Daniels with a boom box, and then uh caster hit or uh Bowens hits him with a power slam and gets the one, two, three. So they so their one win over a non jobber team is via cheating. So they're nine and one, eight wins against crappy competition, and they'll call them crappy competition when they do the diss track. It's really funny. Um I I love when he talked about how they were wrestling two irrelevant guys with no appeal, and they were wrestling two irrelevant guys with no appeal. Like it was true. Right. Um, right. And so their one big win is by cheating against a team that has held tag team championships in multiple organizations. And then they challenge the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks accept. And next week they're going to go out, they're going to lose clean to the Young Bucks on dynamite. Right. And so,
4: how long has the acclaimed been with the company? like weeks. this span of they're, nine matches they're
3: nine and one so 10 weeks they pretty much wrestled every single week they may have missed so, one week of dark
4: and this is one of those you know as we talk about ego strength, this is a real missed opportunity And if if this was done in the wwe we'd be talking about how they're they're gonna get buried right um but i'm, I'm sure that come next you know come tomorrow by about 11 o'clock eastern time It'll be about how the Acclaim put up a good showing, and they're an up-and-coming tag team, and that was such a great match, and they'll be back. And it won't be, oh look, the Acclaim got buried. Yeah. Because if you wanted to do this right, and you wanted to really make this a legit story that people are getting by, and if they're getting over the way you say, and this coming from a guy who doesn't watch Tark, you you build them up for at least six months. Oh yeah. And and, and you have them, and beating jobber tag teams is fine. It is. Right? Like beating them clean is fine. That's that's old school building a contender is you have them beaten cupcakes and you work your way up, and eventually like an SCU is like the Jim Powers, like or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like that you know, mid-tier, mid-card tag team at this point. Yes, I know they were the first tag team champions, but they're not that anymore, so sh- shut up. And and you get the, you legitimize them over time to where even if the Bucks are going to, you know, stroke themselves off and get the win, at least it feels like there's still somewhere for the acclaim to go. And right. if you, and if you are for real about the acclaim, you actually have not beat the Bucks six down, six months down the road. And if it's a good match, you do a rematch, and you probably do a third match. Right. But instead, you're going to waste them in ten weeks.
3: And and this is and I posted this on Twitter and Thank basically you. I said you know the acclaim gets over and then you have Matt Jackson oh my goodness look how over this team has gotten and then you have Nick Jackson great let's beat them clean and and look maybe I'm wrong maybe they beat the Young Bucks maybe they win the AEW World, World Tag Team Championships that would be great I will sing their praises for 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 having the guts to do something like that put their their precious titles on on a tag team that's barely established and use that. And even if they lose clean to the Young Bucks, that's fine, too. Then what? The problem is Dynamite's so crowded, they'll probably be back on dark. And maybe they'll get a program. Yep. You know, they, they have kind of a built-in thing with the best friends because of the diss track. You could ha- let them feud with the Lucha Bros. There's a lot that you could do with those guys to establish them. I feel like you should have done that before, putting them against the Young Bucks. Um,
4: all All of those teams you just named right. should fit into the system that I just talked about.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: I just... Here's the thing: I just can't wait for a thrown together super team to beat the Young Bucks, and then that then turned into a title feud. Oh wait, they right. did that. They Never did that. mind.
3: Yep. everyone does that. And and to to be fair, Adam Page and Kenny Omega made a good tag team after a while and became an established they tag did. team. And they did lose to FTR, who a month later lost the belts to the Young Bucks inexplicably, and now FTR is barely on television i mean who knows maybe there's an issue there maybe there's covered i don't know but
4: it totally popped off backstage
3: probably who knows um you know everyone thought they were going to be the horsemen with adam page and ftr and, and sean spears who knows but it just seems to be a little weird and and you know it is it is what it is but i'm just i'm concerned right about what happens next with the acclaimed because one thing that aew hasn't proven to me is they can answer the question of what's next santana and ortiz who everyone prays the hell out of for not going to nxt should have gone to nxt the way they've been used has proven that and i hope i don't have to say the same thing about the acclaimed and and that's kind of where i'm at with all this because i want i really like those guys and i want them to have opportunities and i just don't want them to get lost in the shuffle that is aew and no one's gonna call it out it's on it so because ironic. it's aew i know right it is so ironic so tag team wrestling is just a struggle everywhere it really is it really is it is you know gone are the days of you know six different tag team matches on the 13 match wrestlemania card that didn't mean much well, but they got that showcase
4: but you talk about the importance of story and they, we just don't tell tag team stories. Like there's one tag team feud and that's it. And that right. seems to be it across any company. Like that's not just the WWE. It's not just AEW. The, the WWE you get two just because you have two different brands.
3: You got two different titles. Like, yeah. That's it. Otherwise, right. you probably get one. And,
4: and and I don't even and I don't even like that there's two tag titles. Like, I wish there was I one, and yeah, they just float between the two.
3: That's the one area that I disagree vehemently in. And Tony, you and Tony should have had that conversation, because he believes there should be one world title, one tag title, one women's title. They float between all the oh, shows. See, I, don't, and like, I, don't,
4: I don't believe that. That all I just, defeats the I purpose. just think that the, I think the WWE's valuing of the tag titles influences why I think they're, if they actually had two legitimate divisions that they built and worked right. with, and that, then I'd be all for it. But yeah. ne, no company seems to have – one division let alone two division even though they have the talent to have two Mm -hmm. divisions they don't run it that way and so if you're not going to run it that way then i would just have one division across the board anyway that's a completely different and
3: that's and that's honestly what you hit on is a great point the reason why everyone loves aew's tag team division and praises it they're praising they don't even realize why they're praising it they love the talent that's in the division they don't love the booking that's in the division they think they do but really it's not that good um, but the talent is amazing and, and the division C mm-hmm. succeeds, the talent is able to overcome the booking. And that's something that, that is, that's is definitely a good thing. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Order wise yeah. with our next one.
2: Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang.
3: Bang. Hang on one second. I got to sneeze. I didn't want to sneeze in everybody's ear. I might sneeze again, by
4: the way. It was epic. I can feel that
3: second sneeze coming on. So Kyle O'Reilly is once again challenging Finn Balor. He won the opportunity, defeated Pete Dunne on NXT, and now he will challenge Finn Balor on the first episode of NXT of the Year, New Year's Evil, for the NXT Championship. So we're kind of back to where we were before the last TakeOver. Not War games, but the one before that, TakeOver 31. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is now challenging Finn Balor, and Adam Cole is out here spouting off claiming that Kyle O'Reilly will become NXT champion. Again, the first time everyone thought this was going to lead to the breakup of the Undisputed Era. It didn't. It led to the feud between Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee's Kings of NXT. That's over. McAfee hasn't been there. He'll probably be back at some point. He seems to go in spurts it feels to me like we're back at square one and now we're setting up the breakup of the undisputed era. How does it feel to you?
4: I think that makes a lot of sense. I think if it's Kyle's time, we, we got, again, how long are you, how long are you pulling it out before it's really Kyle's time to, whether it's to be the champ or to be cost the champ and have a big time feud with, with Adam Cole that elevates him. I think that, and you can, and I mean, Kyle could win and still have the big feud with Adam Cole. Like that's absolutely one of the avenues they could go. If they, if they don't go Adam screwing Kyle or accidentally screwing Kyle out of, out of the victory. But I, I think that you're, you're right. I think you're onto something like, if not, if not now, when do you start it? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Cause I've already
4: reset it once.
3: And that's the thing. We're like- teasing. Yeah, what do you? I feel like it almost has to happen now, like right. because what else do you do? I mean, the undisputed era, their run kind of got extended thanks to the Pat McAfee feud and his new group. They've
4: just done everything. They really have. Do,
3: but, but I don't think that means we got to throw them on the main roster, where they may no. not fit.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you've long said that. There are some people. I mean, Finn Balor is actually one of the great examples. There's some people that just seem to be better suited ah, I at see the, I in think, the NXT brand.
3: I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go back up after. I wouldn't well, sh- yeah. be shocked to see Balor I, in the Royal Rumble and go back up to the main roster.
4: But like, but like the back and forth part of it, right? Like, sure, but like you've you've long said there's just some talent where it seems like they're they're mm-hmm. fit, they're natural fit because we. Yeah. You you have been also one of the ones. that's very clear that the NXT is not a feeder minor league brand anymore for the WWE. It's not what it was when it was a reality show on Raw. Right. And there's still that element know, it is, to
3: it. There's still part of that.
4: There is. I mean, Drew McIntyre call- with
3: the NXT, and now he's
4: right.
2: A made man. Mojo.
4: Huh. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a thing that exists, but. Right? Does the, the undis- does the undisputed era go up and what feud with retribution?
3: Oh my God, that would like is it?
4: Is, I mean, yeah, and, and that's the other thing is if there's what it, it, we we talk about all the the problems with the WWE. They do a lot of things well. I don't know that they book f- factions well.
3: No, because because WWE is about so- the mega It is right, and that's just their. And I'm not even complaining about that. That's just their business no. model. Everything they look at is, can we find the big star? Because the big star needs to carry the company. And let's be honest, Drew McIntyre is the first big star they've created in a long time outside of Roman mm-hmm. Reigns. And, right. and they're getting that right now. Who started now. in a faction. Who started in a faction, but, you know, when they... But
4: uh, egos broke it up and they... they When, when Paul
3: Heyman cut... His amazing promo with Big E a couple weeks ago on Talking Smack, he made the greatest point ever when he was telling, he's telling that Big E told Big E that, that, uh, the new day is going to be a footnote on his career is how much potential he has. Mm-hmm. And he said, and, and, and before you dispute or whatever, he said, I offer you this example. When was the last time Roman Reigns was in a ring and anyone bothered to mention the shield and he's Right. Like mm-hmm. they don't need to. And, and honestly the same with Seth Rollins. Um, but right. at the same time, those guys have become mega stars and Roman, the biggest of the three. And, and I, I'm willing to say that Moxley is a mega star. He is, he's, he's one of the biggest stars in AEW. Mm-hmm. He's a multi-time champion in WWE. He was a world champion in WWE. He, he became a huge star, right. bigger than most. Well, and
4: well, let's have an honest conversation here. Then do you see a mega star in the undisputed era? Like, if they were to come up, would there? Would you say there's a true megastar out of the Undisputed Era? And I know you love Adam Cole. Would he be a megastar? Would he?
3: I, the highest I can go is maybe.
4: See, that tells you a lot. That tells you what you need to know about the Undisputed Era right there.
3: He does. And and he's the biggest of the group in terms of height, but still, you know, not really the six feet tall they bill him at and all that. And he's just, you know, he's too small. Um,
4: He'd have a Daniel Bryan run, maybe.
3: Maybe, but as I like said not, before, everyone uses Daniel Bryan as the example, but no one can Daniel be Bryan this generation. Not the rule. Well, every generation can have a Daniel Bryan. The problem is, right. this generation's Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan, so right. we can't <laughs> have another one because we already have this generation. That's why everyone uses that for Chad Gable. Well, look at Daniel Bryan. That's great, but we still have Daniel Bryan. And
4: right. you can't work a match with um,
3: WrestleMania 30. Who did 30. he work
4: a match with this week? Daniel Bryan worked a match with a guy. I think it was Chad yeah, Gable. Probably. Because I know he wants to get him over.
3: He wants to get him over. And, and right. they're both spectacular. <sighs> If you look at Chris Benoit, we, we can't talk about him, right? But Chris Benoit had his big moment in WrestleMania 20. Daniel Bryan had his big moment in WrestleMania 30. So we're still a good four and a half years away from WrestleMania 40 when we can do this again.
4: Yeah, we're almost to WrestleMania 40. That's so crazy.
3: Yeah, we're about to hit 37. Um, so think about that. So really three and a half years away from when we could possibly pull that off again. Um, we're getting ready to go back into the land of the Giants. Uh, which is, you know, again, the booking cycle of WWE. And then it'll be time for another small guy to rise up and and do all that. So Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, you might get your chance sometime soon. But that's the thing about, we talked about that. Those are guys to me that scream NXT. and Or if you really wanted to give 205 Live a serious push, you got the talent to do it. But I just don't think that that's there for them. But going back to the original topic here, I do feel like it's it's now or never with doing something with the Undisputed Era. I guess the big question for me is I feel like Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong are staying in the Undisputed Era. Right? Yeah, Whether or not they need to, I don't know. Um, I always thought Bobby Fish could be the mouthpiece. He's out again with surgery. He should probably move to a speaking role anyway. So to me, here's the question I ask you. Who gets kicked out and who stays in?
4: Oh golly. Um I think Cole gets kicked out. And Riley stays in.
3: And see, I do too. I think Kyle O'Reilly can have a good short term run as without the Undisputed Era. But long term, I think it's better if the Era kicks him out and then files follows Kyle. And I think Adam Cole still has a mega babyface run in him in NXT before he he's already kind of started it uh with with the mcafee stuff and because he's so over and if if that can happen and then we get back to some fans i mean my goodness he's gonna Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you have a reason to make him champion again because now you can do a completely different run than than what he had before and he's still the best NXT champion that they've ever had and and it's it's and i'm biased just like you are with carmella but you know i am wrong very much so um but yeah, I think Adam Cole would have to be the one out of the group, which is funny because he's the one who's carrying the group, but I think Kyle can,
4: but that's why, that's why he's got to be out of the group though. Yeah. Cause he's been the one that's carried the group. Like he's too yeah. big
3: and he's spouting off so much about Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And then if they turn on him, uh, whether he, Kyle wins or whether he accidentally costs him or whatever, Baby I do think mm-hmm, exactly. And, and that's, so yeah, I, uh, And and I'm here for it. Like we know the one thing you and I know, especially as people who have followed Ring of Honor, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly can deliver a feud Yes, and have delivered a feud and would deliver a monumental feud for the ages in NXT that a few people would complain they've seen before. But by and large, most people haven't seen. And and they've talked about it. Adam Cole's talked about it. Kyle O'Reilly's talked about it. Even in WWE, they've talked about it. But yeah, they would be—they would deliver big time, and I think it would be fantastic. You look like you were going to say something. I'm sorry.
4: Oh no, I was agreeing with you. Uh, I was—I thought we were moving on to the next point. Uh, okay. Sorry.
2: Bang! 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 Try and stop.
3: So AEW delivered a huge rating for them with the debut of Sting and with the Kenny Omega winning the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Big rating, killed NXT for whatever that's worth. Again, you killed WWE's third-tier brand, one that you shouldn't even be trying to compete with anyway. Um, great job on you when you're spouting it off and, and whatever. And then the next week, we're right back down to normal. Beat NXT by like 40,000 viewers, which as... Eric Bischoff will tell you as a rounding error. So we brought in sting. We moved the title to Kenny Omega and it impacted things for one week. And we've seen it before in WWE. They do something big and you see this big spike and then it goes back down to normal levels. Like, I don't even know what the question is, but to me, it's just like, is this just short term versus long term and maybe thinking short term when you should be thinking long term? (laughs)
4: Well, they've kind of done the wrestling has kind of done this to itself. We, we look back on, we look back so fondly on like the Monday night wars, in the early two thousands. And what, what used, what was the one-upsmanship and this, and the way storytelling was done that I do think it kind of numbs growing an audience the way that, the way that we thought about it previously, like, we now do things to pop a rating or or pop a number and you kinda of hope that people stick around. What they don't really do a good job of, and this this is one of the things that in talking with Tunny last week, I really was kind of sad. Like if I was gonna I would I would've used the danger zone card just to bring up this conversation from eighty three weeks where uh, Bischoff talked a lot about
3: You're not actually using it. I just want to point that out to everybody. No, I know. I was, you I was would like,
4: have. The John Morrison cashed in my Danger Zone card for me, so which means you still I have it. my, which give me my give me my Danger Zone. See, I told you I watched Raw, Raw's DVR. Anyway, but he he talked about this like there's there's just no it's not a, it's not a compelling, exciting storytelling for people to then want to come back. Like he had Sting come back, and people were like, "Yay, Sting came back!" But then what is it? What What's it about? What did what did Sting do to make you then want to come back? Because because you know, the, presumably that's why the number went up. That right. his title win, like you're excited about Kenny Omega as champion. So, oh my gosh, we're going to stay. But what what compelling thing happened for you to want to to in next week? Or what did they think was the compelling thing that would make? What's well, really want to
3: interesting? Tune in next week? Sting didn't pop a rating because no, no one knew Sting was going to be all. there. Exactly, and so it was and, Kenny Omega. Whenever you have a big, whenever you have a big moment, it's what happens the following week tells you the strength of it. Sting didn't pop a rating; they're gonna now, they're gonna give Sting credit, but he didn't really mm-hmm. give them anything.
4: And then what did he do the next week? Like pop, or he pointed and talked to Tony Schiavone.
3: He talked right? to Tony Schiavone like the, the and week, some, you know was Bart all smug Anderson with Cody, up and, like, and then Darby Allen looked at him from the rafters. The so their they're,
4: so their big thing is going to be a is going to be a Sting Darby Allen,
3: almost so, like a mentorship for Sting and Darby Allen. Okay, I, I think we're going to find a situation where Sting, Darby Allen, and Cody team up in a six man tag, and Sting's going to wrestle. You guys talked yeah. about it a little bit and, last week. And, and he's yeah, going and, to and, wrestle. and
4: tags will tags will protect him.
3: Yeah, definitely, and he'll end up having a match with Cody because LOL Cody right. wins,
4: and Cody will protect him too. Of course, he and, will. And that's something that you know, came up on one of the
3: shows. They were laughing at the thought that Cody would. Maybe it was you and, and Tony. I no. don't know. But there was one of the shows no, where they talked about how Cody was the best opponent in AEW to protect Sting. And they were going off because that's Triple H, right? Triple H is someone you put in there when you want to be safe. And they laughed at that notion. And i got to be honest with you. I agree. Cody would protect him. And Cody is the best opponent for Sting. And Cody really is AEW's Triple H. And and that's fine. Okay. That's what he wants to be. He wanted to be Triple H and Stephanie with him and, and Brandy.
4: Smashed and, the throne mm-hmm. with, with a slide
3: Yes. I just want to point out, too, no one is going to claim that Cody and Brandy are copying Seth and Becky by getting pregnant. But if Cody and Brandy got pregnant first and then Seth and Becky did, you know people would say that. That's how oh, stupid yeah, wrestling totally. fans are. Like, literally, that, that yeah. the fact that I even thought to bring that up is stupid. But that's the big Greg,
4: thing. Greg DeMarco gaslighted the AEW fans today. Yeah, I know.
3: I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm going to say I'm sorry. I'm such a liar. Um,
4: it's the like saying you're on assignment.
3: Yeah, right. It's bullshit.
4: Yeah, I brought that back.
3: You did. That was good stuff. The thing for me, though, is that I just, Sting didn't really do anything for them. Maybe he will long term. But short term, it was a it was a one hit wonder um, with Kenny Omega winning no. the title, and then his first appearance was on Impact, and their rating went back down after the first week as well. And this is what Triple H spouts off about in interviews: what they're doing in NXT, the brand that's supposedly competing with AEW, they're booking and developing and putting ideas in place for five, ten, and fifteen years down the road not weeks not months but years right. down the road this is what wb does they're a machine they don't even really care about right now's ratings they're worrying about okay what are we gonna do in a year we're we gonna do in two years we're we gonna do in three years that's what they do and right. and and fans just don't see that
4: no, they 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 draw steady decline charts that show that you'll have no viewers in like zero viewers 20, in 20, thirty years. Yeah, right. It, it's the dumbest thing ever. Everybody's just going to stop watching. They've all left. Like
3: no one's saying that this week though, because we, Ross rating Ross rating went up. But
4: well, no, we can't do that. That the narrative, Greg. Hashtag the narrative. Yes.
3: Hashtag your shitty narrative. Um.
4: Yeah i I've talked about this. Every time I you know I don't really watch AEW very closely. I know. I I, I follow enough you to tried. know what's going on. I have tried to watch this program on more than one occasion. I do not find it special. I don't find it compelling. And you know, I and I'm a nostalgia guy. Like I last week on this show talked about the wrestling I'm currently watching right. is 1983 Crockett Promotion NWA. Like, I'm watching the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, come out twice, because he comes out as Charlie Brown from out of town as well, and starts getting under the skin of Gary Hart. But you know why I keep coming back and watching those episodes? Because that story goes for four months. (laughs) It It is interesting. Like, it's silly, but it's funny, and it's interesting, and it's not, I don't know. Like, so I get the nostalgia kick, and it works, but like nostalgia with a purpose. It's going to go somewhere. And it is not a story. Like I haven't seen anything on AEW that I haven't seen before. And
3: that was, that was for right. you and your NWA stuff.
4: Right. Like this, this isn't new. It's they're not really breaking new ground. They and I think that's why hold.
3: I love the acclaim so much. Cause right. they're the closest thing, to different now they're the new age outlaws. 20 years later. Right. But, but it's 20 years and Enzo yeah. and Cass tried to be the new age outlaws, but failed. I think the acclaimed can be, but it's different. It's something different. And that's why I'm so upset about, they're just going to lose to the young bucks. And it's like, you, right. you, you could do better by them and maybe but, you still can, but yeah, it's, it's, and what's funny is that you're the lapsed fan that AEW claims they're for, but yet you're right. not. They're not for you.
4: Well, because it's like, I, like, oh, that's it's nice, but Sting's 60.
3: <laughs> 61 years like, old, like, Sting, yes.
4: Like, I don't want to watch a 60-year-old man wrestle. I want you, like, here's the thing is AEW had this plan, right? Like, they laid out how they were going to work at least some of the basic tenets. Uh, and I know it, it's wrestling. You're going to tell stories. But you have this, like, you, you talked about. We mock it. Wins and losses matter. We talk about these re- records and these rankings and who, like who really is competing where and how's it going? And yes, there are stories with there in between. They are like, we're not going to do silly skits. And then you got, you know, Chris Jericho acting the fool singing Christmas carols or something. Like, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, so you're like, we're not the WWE, but then you do stuff that the WWE does, but you swear and you bleed a little. Like, like, if yeah. you had stuck with kind of like your, like, like I think that's why I enjoy New Japan, like, and miss it, like, miss watching New Japan, because they followed their own, they follow their own outline. Like, yeah, it might be a little predictable, but they follow their path. You created a path, AEW, and then you were like, yeah, but we'd rather do this instead or whatever, willy nilly, and we're going to be sort of all over the place. Yeah. Like Eddie Kingston's gonna show up for ten minutes and then get a title shot to lose. And did literally nothing. As did Lance Archer.
3: As did Brian Cage. Right. Now Lance Archer won in a battle royal, I think, or something. Brian Cage, I know, also won it in a battle royal. Um
4: and they got handed a title. <laughs> Just got given one. You know,
3: least Brian Cage isn't officially recognized. And honestly, right, Team right. Taz makes sense. And I'd love to see the acclaimed in Team Taz. Everything AEW will always go back to the acclaimed for me, by the way. I just want to point that out. Like, they are my Adam Cole of AEW. They really are. There you go. Um, since, you know, we're not doing anything with Scorpio Sky, and which is funny. And I mentioned that earlier. Scorpio Sky had a, was, got hot on AEW, challenged Chris Jericho, and tapped out. Didn't even get like that nope. 2.9999 near fall that he should have had that fans would have bought into because they had fans back then. And now he's hosting a podcast for AEW and justifying it by saying, well, you can't, not everybody can be a starter. Sometimes you got to play off the bench. Dude, you're almost 40 and you're one of the most talented wrestlers in the world. You, But again, it's AEW and they just drink hey, the Kool-Aid. On the
2: bench.
3: Drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Drinking the Kool-Aid. So that's all they do. So, yeah, AEW's ratings return to normal. Let's just talk about ratings.
2: Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang.
3: Bang. It's really funny what's going on with ratings right now, right? Raw hit a ratings low in terms of viewership, but still, you know, pulling top five and top ten numbers for the the demo rating, the all-important demo rating. And everyone talked about it was a two-year anniversary of when Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon came out and said, you're the fans, you're in charge, we know, and ratings were going down. And what no one seems to make the correlation between is, well, that happened in December. Ratings always go down in December. And we always claim gloom and doom in December when ratings go down. And it's always fine. You know, we always love to use the emoji, right. the dog at the fire, and this is fine. And now I've seen it with Bray Wyatt on fire, and people are saying this is fine, or The Fiend on fire, and everyone's saying this is fine. It's the new this is fine, but
4: because people are shitting on it, or
3: yeah, just because it's funny, because it's on fire. That's all.
4: Oh, okay, because it was like, I was like, I, I kind of enjoyed the Inferno match. No, it, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't oh. bad at all.
3: But this is. It's overre- like, NFL has overreaction Monday, right. right? Everyone overreacts on Monday after the NFL. Right. And I think ratings are, it's overreaction December when it comes to WWE's ratings.
4: Yeah, there's really two periods of time that you can look at where ratings traditionally go down in television in general. Uh, and the WWE is no different. December is one. The summer, when there's not new content coming out, is the other, like June, July, Uh it's it's the same sort of deal when people are doing other stuff. And if you listen to anybody who's worked in the business, they'll talk about it too. Like Bischoff actually talked about it again. I, I know. I feel like I get it. We're we're being Bischoff. I'm being a little bit of a Bischoff fanboy today, more so than than Greg usually is.
3: I was like this but, today.
4: But but the dude knows what he's talking about. When you really sit down and you look at it, and he talks about it like the summer. Like wasn't great for for television ratings like that's that's when you expect the things to go down because people have more stuff to do winter time in December like December into into January like there's a reason sweeps exist in September November right and then there's the spring sweeps yeah. in oh I don't know March like that's when people come back that's when people start to return to their television sets. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, this is, this is about trying to create a narrative.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. Trying
4: to create a buzz. And it's my favorite hypocrite of all of the, like, all of the dirt she guys. It's not Meltzer. It's Brian Alvarez.
3: Oh, um, yeah.
4: and He knows and what he's doing. His, yeah. Like, like, you talked about, like, the silencer who's, like, last week, I, that dude can stop tweeting. Mm-hmm. This week, it's just the number. That's it. Just, just the number, because he, he can't say anything else.
3: Here's the thing. Okay, here's what I want to point out, and we do this all the time. But I'm going to do it again today. Right. I am looking at buzz Daily, and I'm looking at the ratings for Monday night, and they base it off <laughs> of the demo, the 18 to 49 demo, because that's the most important one, and and what the demo rating is. And once you get rid of Monday Night Football, the Monday Night Kickoff, and the Sports Center that aired right after Monday Night Football, 4, 5, and 6 are WWE Raw. They still had the highest ratings of anything not NFL-related. Take away NFL, they're number one, number two, and number three. This is why this is so important, because less people are watching television right now. And what these advertisers care about is who's going to give us the most eyeballs on this night. That's why last week when people were claiming that Dynamite beat Raw because it had a higher demo rating than Raw did, but it came in number 13 or whatever, like it just, and you're comparing a show that airs on Monday to a show that airs on Wednesday and you can't do that. Like different people are watching TV on Monday versus Wednesdays. It's your, your competition is who is airing the same night as you. That's your competition. On uh, for for ratings that that's your competition, and WWE Raw this week outside of the NFL had the top three rated hours on cable television.
4: Right. I would love to see AEW lobby TNT. Oh, jeez. For a chance, they don't even Just want to, to see what. It, they don't. Yeah, because they do know what will happen. Yeah, yeah they're lose. they're not there yet. They will lose. And you know what? Maybe they'll get there. Maybe. Uh, but I still remember, remember when like TNA was trying, right? Yeah. And you remember what happened that first head to head Monday? They popped the rating. Really well. The following Mondays, what happened?
3: It went back down for what? What? Four or five weeks and they went and moved back?
2: Like, right. Because they were like, yep.
4: And here's the other thing is you, you named off the other factors that would take away from our precious AEW audience. Like mm-hmm. I think that this have audience will travel thing ignores what what there is to watch on a Wednesday versus what there right. is to watch on a Monday The bigger deal.
3: And that's what people wrestling fans up. don't think about they don't because know. they'll only look at it in the bubble of professional wrestling. But that's not right. how advertisers work. That's not how ratings work. That's not how any of this stuff works. Right. The reason why the ratings are what they are is because it's what you're up against each night. And again, remember, and everyone talks about how, oh, USA Network's going to be mad. And Melter himself has even refuted that claim. Furious. And, furious. And, right. and it's the people furious. say this because they don't understand. WWE is a bargain for USA Network and Fox. And here's why. Right. They're giving them 52 weeks of top five content. NFL can't even do that. But yet NFL costs way more money. A drama that runs 18 to 22 episodes can't do that, but it costs more money per episode than Raw does for USA Network. Like it's people don't realize they're like, oh, it's going to get canceled. It's they're in such a good spot. They provide a service that basically no one else does to these TV networks. And that's why they didn't stop when COVID hit was because they are a week to week and have been without fail for over 35 years for Uf- USA network, except when they went to spike. Um, And, and so the ratings, and that's why the ratings issue is just so silly to me because people it's again, it's that short sightedness that we talked about. The triple H always talks about everyone looks at it in terms of this week and not in terms of what have they been delivering year over year, decade over decade, for these networks. That's what is really is why they are where they are and why they're going to remain where they're going to remain, no matter what the internet or Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho knows what he's talking about. He's just making money off selling demo. God, t-shirts.
4: I mean, he's been in the machine. Of course. And I think he has a lot and of respect for the machine. And he kept coming back to the machine.
3: And the only reason he talks bad about the machine now is because he's pandering to the AEW fans. And for him, that's very right. smart to do because those fans have proven they'll totally. buy the T-shirts. And look, they sold out. The, the Sting shirt became the highest-selling shirt ever for r Tees within 17 hours of its release. Like, that's that fan base can be fleeced over and over and over again, and they will continue to do it. Right. And that's what, uh, and, and they know it, and, and they're just going to keep doing it to themselves. But the ratings, uh, we can have this, we're going to have this conversation in December of 2021, December of
2: 2022, December of 2023, and beyond. Bang,
3: bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. 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 Monday Night on Raw the Hurt Business came out and cut a promo after capturing the Raw Tag Team Championships from the New Day at TLC. And the members of the Hurt Business that are now Raw Tag Team Champions are Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And Cedric Alexander cut the greatest promo he's ever cut in his entire career. Cedric can talk. Cedric can actually be a star. And it's funny because Cedric cuts this promo... And whether or not they were acting, which they're supposed to do, or it was their legitimate reaction, even the other members of the Hurt business seem surprised by this. And and it's you like, know, where'd this come from out of Cedric Alexander?
4: Well you saw a little bit of it the week before too, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I I also think part of it is the story that they're telling with Cedric in the group. Yeah. Like he's not the cool guy in the group. No. <laughs> like he's like the I'm happy to be here guy. And that's part of, like, you were like, oh, they're surprised by it. Part of it, like, as I'm looking at Lashley and Shelton Benjamin looking over at him, be like, dude, what the, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You goof. Yeah.
3: It's like liquid like, courage. Cool. It's like he suddenly has all this courage because he's a member of the Hurt Business.
4: Be cool, man. Be cool.
3: But he's eventually going to believe him. But now he believes in himself too. Like, his character believes okay. in himself. And that could be dangerous. You know, that could be very yeah, dangerous.
4: Yeah, and all of a sudden, we get the Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly story mm-hmm. told through the Hurt Business, yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, I was already speculating last week about how long Cedric is for this Hurt Business world. In my incorrect foretelling, I know right. did I did I call the Hurt Business winning? I thought you did. I said they should win. I know you said they. I, should I, said win. They, I know I know they should win. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was funny. It's now prime. Alexander, he's calling himself right?
3: Prime Alexander. Yeah,
4: no, he changed his Twitter handle to Prime Alexander. Did he really? Well. Like he's doing. He's, oh yeah, nice. Because I, cause I uh, when because when you said we were going to talk about this, I looked up Cedric Alexander. Yep, Prime Alexander. It's still at Cedric Alexander. Right. But he changed his.
3: He changed the name.
4: Changed the handle. Good. So, Prime Alexander. Yep. Prime Alexander. There you there he go. Is. He's
3: still at Cedric Alexander, but his name is Prime Alexander. Good for him.
4: Yeah, one of the good guys.
3: He is, and and he's doing so well, and and I just love to see it, and and I think that he's you know a ye- t- almost two years ago I was doing an episode of Chair Shot Radio with Christopher Platt, and I suggested that they put Cedric Alexander in the New Day. And so here yeah. I was, a white dude suggesting they put a black dude with other black dudes. A year and a half later, they put a black dude with other black dudes in the Hurt Business. That's what they did.
4: Well, that's what the WWE does.
3: Yeah, and Platt was like he can't Brown hang with Brown. People the
4: new unite. Day.
3: And Platt was like he can't hang with the new day. And maybe a year and a half ago he couldn't have, but now he could. He's shown that he can right. play a character. He can do it, and and he can be what he WWE needs him to Xavier be. Hung with
4: Xavier Woods, like I I love Xavier Woods, but he could, I he could hang with Xavier Woods two years ago. Stop it
3: on the mic, I don't know, but in the ring, obviously
4: not on the mic, yeah, but that's always been Woods' thing, though.
3: But the thing is, is that I. I think the new day would have brought things out of Cedric, just like the Hurt business has, mm-hmm. and and if Cedric goes down in history as a performer, I think he'll be able to credit the Hurt business and MVP for a lot of that. Cedric could right. be a champion. Gotta,
4: I think you got to give a lot of love to MVP in general. Oh my goodness, what big he's time! Been with this Hurt big time. Still, like, wait till wait till he's next
3: been, week and we do the of the year stuff. Yeah, MVP. he's been. Yeah,
4: he's been ridiculous. He like, has been.
3: Like, Especially when he was brought back as a producer and only appeared on television because of COVID, like it's been insane right. what MVP has been able to accomplish at this stage in his career, at this stage in WWE, and just remember,
4: remember when he used to show up through like an inflatable
3: uh huh
4: hallway thing, and I wish he still would. And he had yeah. that weird like, well, he still wears that suit, right? Like the mm-hmm. like the Unitar thing. It's
3: like, now yeah, it's <laughs> it's usually the Black Panther takeoff, but yeah. That's, uh That's uh, and, and and you know he put over Matt Riddle like he just does so much. He's so good and, and he's really Which is
4: shameful. But okay, fuck Matt Riddle.
2: Bang! 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 Try and stop it! Bang! Bang! Here I come!
3: Bang! Bang! Lots of reports about the out there about the formation of NXT India and NXT Lucha Libre or NXT Mexico both being heavily rumored. NXT Japan has been rumored in the past, along with NXT Germany. Of course, we have NXT and NXT UK. Patrick Goddard, do we need all these NXTs?
4: Will they make money? Like, that's the Will right. will, they, will they make money? How's NXT UK doing? I mean,
3: it's a network product, so who knows? You know? You'd have to take here's it off to see what it did,
2: you know. Uh,
4: here's I mean, you want to talk about the true feeder for for the WWE and talent. Like this is what it like this is just reaching out to markets that have nothing to do with us. Yeah. Like we may watch it as mass consumers, but this is this is targeted marketing towards other populations that will act as feeders into the machine as you like as much as mm-hmm. people wanna hate it. If that's machine, the machine, you're going to see, like, these are feeders into a machine. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 100%. And, and I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fine with
3: it. Me too. I don't think like, it matters if it makes you. your money. talent. NXT UK is obviously proven to be a success because that's the model for NXT India, NXT Mexico, NXT Germany, NXT Japan. It gives them an opportunity to plant a performance center elsewhere in the world, recruit talent, give them an opportunity to grow and develop to see if they're even worth putting on TV. To see if they can get to NXT, to see if they can get to the main roster of Raw and SmackDown. And to me, that means, yes, we do need more NXTs. The problem is that the typical wrestling fan, you out there, again, we do this show to help you enjoy wrestling more. You see it as, oh my God, more stuff for me to have to watch. That's not what it is. You don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Right. Like some of the internet wrestling fans just assume, well, if it's on, if they put it out, I must watch it. No. No, you'd not. You don't have to watch it. It's being put out to help develop and cultivate talent for the long run and, and for the long term. And they're even talking about this new, you know, Gabe Sapolsky led product in the States to serve as an NXT for NXT. To me, that product, whatever they call it, would be at the same level as NXT UK, NXT India, Germany, Japan, Lucha Libre, all that stuff. Like they're all. That level, a level below the NXT that airs on USA Network. Now we get some crossover sometimes. We've seen uh, you know, Imperium show up, and now we've got the Grizzled Young Veterans on NXT along with Tony Storm. They're basically been called up from NXT UK to NXT. And that's the same thing that would right. happen with these other ones. So I would say, yes, we do need this.
4: All I gotta say is that Alex Wright needs to be the, the authority figure of NXT Germany.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I don't even know if he's still. And not
4: and not and not Berlin, Alex Wright. No, no. You need the dancing Alex Wright. Wright. He's come out first episode, do that little arm thing. He's probably so far
3: beyond that. Actually,
4: I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I actually looked up to make sure he was still alive. No, there's a where is he now? He he opened his school in 2007. Okay. Um, in Germany, he went back to Germany. He would go on to open and run new European championship wrestling, wrestling mm. known as NEW. Of course. Back to that. Let's see. But I, I'm not, I'm not to. WWE sent him an invitation to Orlando to the WWE performance center as a guest trainer. Mm. Um, And he, he went great pool of talent there. The coach is unbelievable. He, so there's a connection there. There
3: is. I like it.
4: And he has, he has a, he has a website. He's okay. still he's still going. He's still in the business.
3: Nice, very good. So there you go. Could happen. Could happen. NXT Germany. Look, in, I, I you thought you didn't
4: think we were talking about you didn't think we were talking about Alex Wright today, did? Of course, you? I you didn't see that coming.
3: No, I didn't. I thought that they were going to start NXT Canada with Lance Storm, and so they just moved Canada to Orlando, and then right. you know furloughed him and, and possibly laid him off. I could see an NXT Canada happening as well. Um, I think the reason it hasn't is because you can just move him to Orlando and and do it there, um, right? But yeah. I think we need all these NXT brands. I just think that people are overreacting for the wrong reason. It doesn't matter whether or not you're going to watch it. It's about the 15 year plan that Triple H has talked about. And, and the 15, it's a rolling 15 years too, by the way. Five years from now, it's still going to be planning for 15 years in the future. That is what they do. Look at the roster now. Such a high percentage of people have come from NXT. And, and that's just the way, the way look at the two world champions, NXT. It's all about the the NXT, and and that's that's what's right. really cultivated the company, and that's where we are, and that's where we should be.
2: Bang! 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 Try and stop it! Bang! Bang! Here I come! Bang! All
3: right, somewhat serious, but doesn't have to be. We're now nine months later after the world shut down for COVID, and of course we're still in it, and, and WWE did not suspend operations. Even I said they should have at the time, nine months later, hindsight being the 2020 that it is should WWE have suspended operations instead of pushing forward through COVID-19.
4: <sighs> um. Personally, I don't think they should have pushed forward. And I know I, I get a feeling you're going to disagree with me. I think they're fortunate and kudos to them, whatever they've put in place, to to be protective of their talent and the folks that are working there. And I know they've had outbreaks and they've had cases here and there, but it hasn't been like this massive, like the whole half the damn roster had COVID-19 and couldn't come back. To me, though, it's, it's just kind of about where we are in general as a country and think, caring about the health and safety of others. And just feeling like it's still like, I still feel like it's an unnecessary risk. Uh, I'm happy they've been able to pull it off and do it the way that they've been doing it. But to me, like I would have been, you know, I, I said this back when we started, I'll say it again to now, I would have been fine if they suspended operations. I get why they didn't. Uh, but I, I just have never agreed and don't, and don't feel great about the decision, even though it's, you know, been okay.
3: What about all the other successes like the NFL, National Hockey League, baseball, MLB, NBA, even MLS? I mean, they've all had bumps in the road. Obviously, no one's been perfect.
4: I mean, my, my, my baseball team didn't play for a month, yeah. uh, and I hated that. I just, I don't, I, and frankly, I don't, I, I think the NFL has not been a success. I think college football has been a joke. I think, I mean, you like Ohio State played six football games, and, and they're playing for a national title, and because we want, because we felt like you had to have Ohio State in a national right. title game. So, and, and I think colleges are different than pros because pro players get paid; they can be sort of mitigated mm-hmm. and controlled. Like that was the thing that a lot of people brought about the NBA bubble it was like it was very controlled because they could because of the contract and, and the players wanted to get paid and, and do their thing. You know, I'm watching basketball programs yeah. drop like flies for weeks at a time, and, and even and even UMass. UMass was like, it was John Rothstein, who's a college basketball analyst for CBS. Like he had a he has a running list when teams announce halt, and UMass basketball didn't start for two two weeks. DePaul in Chicago has a. Ha- Is playing their first game tomorrow or today? Suspended operation for a month. Ohio State again. I was just talking about football. Twenty-two players didn't suit up Mm -hmm. for their game against Northwestern, which one tells you how crappy Northwestern is because Ohio State still won. Right, but twenty like twenty-two players. That's an offense and a defense (laughs) that didn't suit up and play, and you know no special teams, but. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I'm a sports fan and I still watch it. And, and yes, there's some hypocrisy there because I do get the entertainment, but you know, then you see a kid in Florida state who was sick, was healthy, comes out of it, plays a basketball game, collapses on the court. Now it may not have had anything to do with COVID-19. I haven't heard any details about what happened and thank God he's recovered. He's out of the hospital, But the dude was on, like, the dude was in an induced coma for a while. And they were worried about things like brain activity. And, you know, all all I have is speculation. So please, listener, if you're like, don't go running and be like, oh, this is what happened to this guy. But you can't help but think that. And you're Mm -hmm. hearing, you're you're seeing people who have come out of this with long-term effects that impact their ability to breathe. In fact, there are, like, people coming out of it with asthma who've never had lung problems before. Like, that's crazy. And, like, I, I'm i happy we're playing. I still don't think we should. Uh, and I think that's true for sports, whether it's professional wrestling or, you know, football, basketball, basically. Like, I love college basketball. I get made fun of about how much I tweet about – in game, watching University of Illinois basketball and tweeting about it, and I will hear about it every once in a while from one Greg Demarco or somebody else. So it's not a it's not a secret that I love this shit. But part of me, like I, I still sit there and I'm like, I don't know that it's the right decision, even as I consume their entertainment. And and that's the thing is I consume it. So right,
3: you still do. Yeah,
4: I'm I'm feeding the I'm feeding the beast. Lots that of I'm people.
3: Not just you. Lots of people do. I agree and disagree. I don't f- fully disagree, but I, sure. but I do disagree. I agree the short term, I disagree the long term. I think they should have suspended things initially and relied on some of the content that they had and still put out shows for USA and, and, and Fox and all of that just to develop a better strategy. But I have no problem with what they've done. The The Thunderdome has been a success and all things that they've done. I think that you know, I think the sports leagues coming back and doing what they did I, in this country, I think it it suits what we do and, and, and the way that people go about it. There's going to be, there was going to be mistakes along the way and there was going to be stumbles along the way. And those things are going to happen in society regardless. Like we're just not smart enough to shut down and get rid of it. Um, it's just not going to happen. And instead it's it's we we had to find a way to come back and do what we're doing we have empty stadiums and partially empty stadiums and all that i mean you talk about college football like look at how many teams are having to pull out of bowl games and bowl games are getting canceled and poor army had to get bounced around i'm so glad they got the liberty bowl match up that's great um because you know if they didn't happen by thursday they were going to go home because they haven't seen their family since may right and it's it's hard um but i think that people are persevering and that's what this country is all about and all that I do think WWE should have taken a few weeks to figure out what the hell they were doing and then right. come back with a strategy, and it evolved over time. It ended up with the Thunderdome, and that's and been a good solution for the long-term. Um, short-term, they did what they had to do because what we talked about before, for 35 years, they provided content to, to USA Network and, and for the Spike TV when they did it. Of no what Fox Now, it's what they do, and so they wanted to keep doing what they do. And so they figured it out as they went along, and, and there was – you know, so, some bumps along the road along the way. And we had no precedent to know how to do this. Um, so I agree and disagree. I think they should have initially and then, but I don't think they should have kept it that way. I think they should have come back like they did. So, um, and again, it's hindsight being 2020. And we can have this conversation probably again in nine more months from now. Like that's the biggest right. thing that I've been talking about as well. And, and that I hate, and I even had this conversation There's So many
4: pe So many people think that this, vaccine thing is like this magic bullet net. not like, just vaccine. weeks from now we're going to be fine
3: so many people think that when the calendar no longer says 2020 we're going to be fine. right it's just like a it's date all good. on a piece of paper it's just some numbers right COVID doesn't know what day it is like, like <laughs> is natural true. factors and natural disasters and, and whatever you want to talk about right they don't know what the calendar says like it's just the dumbest right. thing that's why I hate New Year's resolutions like if you know right. you want to start something on on january 1st start on december 22nd okay december 23rd we're gonna yep. listen to this who cares what the calendar says it's just a calendar and most people think it's wrong so you know because we added two months who knows like it's just the silliest thing to me and um and, and and so yeah we hit the 2021 this ain't gonna magically go away it goes away by the steps that we take and the things that we do and why we wear a mess and and I still see people making poor decisions with that stuff and I, I know we'll continue to see it um, and that's why it's going to be around for as long as it's going to be your
4: freedom, around your freedoms are fine people like yes. wear the fucking mask
3: yes exactly exactly I agree with you so there you go I should have ended on a more fun topic but I didn't so we're uh, that's what we're doing
2: alright gentlemen you have three minutes and you better make it good we got three minutes and we're out of here the clock is ticking and we're in the clear we got
3: you talked about this on bandwagon nerds a little bit and so i want to kind of bring it up but what it's the holidays it's the winter holidays and i I want to take a moment first of all and, and i do this i try to do this in different environments every year for those of you who are listening to this show who don't celebrate christmas i just want to take a moment to apologize on behalf of the rest of the world because you have to deal with Christmas everywhere everywhere for 2 months and it sucks for you and I'm sorry um <laughs> because it's just you didn't ask for this it's just commercialization of this holiday and I buy into it it's my favorite time of the year and and having just moved we don't have a lot of stuff up we had one tree outside given the picture that I sent you and it has since died since I sent you that picture, that tree no longer oh, works. I know. It sad. works. Yeah, it's like like a third of it works, and so we can't plug it in anymore. We have a tree inside the oh, house wow. and all that. But next year, we'll do it up again because I love Christmas. As soon as I start playing the, the Christmas music on the radio, I start listening. Um, to me, once Halloween is over, boom, Christmas, even though I love Thanksgiving too. But what are and, – and I know you talk about watching the shows and all of that. But but give, a people, give the people kind of a peek. Like what are your things that you like to do around this time of the year?
4: So one, I won't touch Christmas until after the turkey is consumed uh, on Thanksgiving. That is a very strong rule for me. And if you listen to this week's edition of bandwagon nerds, we ran down our top 10 holiday specials. And that was both like, you know, half hour animated cartoons and movies and all that stuff after the turkey is done. Myself and the little O'Dowd go down to the basement where we keep all of our DVDs, Blu-rays and whatnot, because we still don't stream everything. We pull everything out that we are going to watch. And I have it down to the science to where I am now down to two holiday cartoons and my favorite um, holiday Christmas movie of all time to be watched on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Into opening presents, and I love the holiday season, but I love it for that month. I don't put my holiday music playlist on until after Thanksgiving, but then I play it nonstop. So I completely buy another stuff. I love that. I'm not a religious guy. Hey, uh, like it's. I will say it's totally about the the like a, the commercialization and the gift giving and all that stuff is part of it. But like, I'm not a church goer. I haven't been a churchgoer for years, and I'm okay with it. I'm still going to celebrate that holiday. And, you know, having a kid changes how that holiday, what that holiday is to you. Like, for those of you who don't know, suddenly it's way more fun to watch somebody else open a present when it's your kid. Uh, I I spoiled Christmas this year. That was great. Hmm. Um, And if you want to hear that story, it's also on this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. So give it a look, but uh, yeah, it's th- those are the those are the things for me uh, that you know. And my my number one holiday movie is the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol, starring the great British actor Alastair Sim.
3: And I and and it's it's a much bigger undertaking for you and the things you do. I actually consider consider Thanksgiving part of the holiday season, just the way I look at it. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, well, do you? I
4: just I. I do each holiday – like, you know, I fucking name the turkey, dude. I know you Like, yes.
2: well, this like you we name
4: did. it every year. It's a big deal. People think it's weird. That <laughs> holiday is, is special.
3: It is. It is. And, and I love Thanksgiving. To me, it's part of my favorite time of year, and so that's why I lump it mm-hmm. in. Um Plus, I just – I hate Halloween so much. I think that I love diving right into Christmas <laughs> right afterwards. I just never – and I don't hate it for the reasons that most people do. I just don't like it. I just never really appealed to me. Um, but, you know, then we get into Thanksgiving. And to me, Thanksgiving is just part of that whole run to Christmas. It's like, you know, fast lane.
4: It's the Royal Rumble. Exactly. The-,
3: the Royal Rumble is November 1st. And, yeah, and the road you know, day. Thanksgiving is fast lane for me. Or Elimination Chamber. We'll give it Elimination Chamber. Still a big event, right. right? But it's still part of the road right. to WrestleMania, which is Christmas. Our big thing, we do all that and we decorate and 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 dive in. But this week, usually Christmas Eve, we eat and then, which we do every day, let's be honest. But then we go look at Christmas lights and we literally have a scavenger hunt that 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 the lovely and talented Mrs. DeMarco, um, my wife Holly, puts together. And this year it's typed up and printed out and ready to go. And we look for all these different things that we can find at different houses. We have different places that we go to find these elements. And this year, like, we've added, you know, Baby Yoda to the list and stuff like that. And we try to find everything we can. His for... name is
4: Grogu. Um, I don't his name is not Baby Yoda. do you think his name is. No, his name
3: is Grogu. I know he has a name, okay? Yeah. And you're yeah, the wrestling not Baby Yoda. realist. Your name is Patrick O'Dowd, but you're the wrestling realist, okay? His name is Grogu, but he's Baby Yoda. I don't care. Nope. <laughs> And and before it was Grogu, you were like he's the child. Like you just never liked Baby Yoda
4: because he's not Yoda. No, he's Baby Yoda. Get the fuck, shut the fuck up. Drink your diet Pepsi. I did talk about your holiday light tradition. Find your scavenger hunt. Yes, so we do
3: scavenger hunt it up. We look for everything, and and the, the most popular item on the list is called and the kids named it this years ago, so that's why it has this weird name, the Daddy Hate House. Like, I always find one house, because we'll be going around with all these great houses, whatever, and I'll see, this, I'll see a house, and I'll be just like, oh, my God. Like, my pet peeve is, like, you've got, like, three different kinds of icicles hanging. They're blinking at different cadences, and it just looks mm. atrocious. And, and so they're, they're always like, is that the one? Is that the one? And then eventually we get to a house, and I'm just like, I hate that house. And that becomes nice. a daddy hate house, and they just wait for it and wait for it. And there actually is like an all like a reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion of daddy hate houses that has been that way for several wow. years now. And we always go back to see if that one is, is up, and it fails to fails to 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 or it never fails to deliver. It's always up there, and it always sucks. It's like there three things hang in, and it's just horrible. And I'm like, why bother? Like, why, why even do it? So, but, yeah,
4: can I, here's, here's how I know I've gotten like old and curmudgeon mm-hmm. ab- about the holiday season. So for anybody like where I live, my home is not far from a very large rotary that takes a significant amount of traffic and there's an exit right by my house.
3: For the rest of the world, by the way, that's a roundabout.
4: Oh, sorry. Yes. Also known as a roundabout. Uh, but anyway, the street that my uh, my roundabout slash rotary exits to get to my house uh, comes up on this nice little three-way stop where the geniuses who live on the corner of the street don't just have like the lights, but like they've got like the production in sync with music lights where you got Mm -hmm. to tune in the radio. And so God awful half of Massachusetts parks in front of this fucking house. Pardon my language blocks the traffic and hold just basically holds people up on their, on their evening commute home, spreading their holiday cheer. And then got all indignant when somebody was like, please stop holding up traffic. Uh, and was like involved with the police to like help manage the cars. And the police were like this, this family like wrote on the town page and was like complaining about like just a bunch of Grinches. And I was like, cause I didn't call the police, but I was like, no, I live next to this intersection. You guys are assholes. Get a fucking cop to direct the traffic. Just direct the traffic. Right. Because you're, you're holding everybody up. And I don't want to get in an accident because some looky loo, is tuned in to watch your holiday special that you felt you needed. And don't act like it is not about attention for yourselves. You don't
2: care about the holidays. Here comes the big dog. The big dog, Roman Reigns. The big dog. And we kick off Monday Night Raw live tonight in Phoenix, Arizona with the big dog.
3: If a woman wears a beautiful outfit that involves a skirt, and fourteen guys stand and stare. Are we blaming the woman or are we blaming the guys? Well,
4: we're blaming the guys for that one.
3: So what's so so? Are you
4: are you really comparing sexual harassment to people to decorating their house and making apparently it, I am yeah something that holds up? I traffic?
3: don't understand why we're blaming the house for this. I really don't because they
4: put a sign. They put a sign out that says tune into radio 93 point whatever to listen to our music in front of our goddamn house. It's not the same, dude. Get out of here. Out of my kitchen. We have gone almost two hours on the DeMarco show, which everybody knows. Greg DeMarco hates two hour shows. It's too damn long. He's going to have to find an extra commercial break. And he's about to cut me off with a sound bite, But I don't care. Play the danger zone card. I want to keep talking about how goddamn long this show is because people need to respect their neighborhoods. Respect them. Celebrate the holidays. Don't make it about yourself.
2: This is crap.
4: That's not why Jesus wants you celebrating. Jesus doesn't want cars stopped at your house. Jesus wants you celebrating his birth.
3: Keep going, man. This is great. I love
4: it. I'm out of breath. I actually, I need to, <laughs> I need to catch it for a second.
3: This is—it's yeah, so anyway. funny because it's like it's—it's it's kind of what you talked about before. Like you complain that these sports shouldn't be there, but you're still going to watch them. Like this is all about but your I don't personal stop at interest. At that house
4: Because that fucker blocks the traffic. Because this
3: is your per You're more worried about the traffic than anything else. Because you don't want to get into I don't an accident. to get hurt. Yeah.
4: Right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think yeah. it's amazing. There's multiple. Really there's, there's there's a multi the multi car stop intersection that gets blocked by these people. Plus, one lane of traffic, the right hand lane, is now like if you're going you know south. I, I say this as if everybody knows where my house is and how these streets work. Like if you're going south, like you you have to then like check to make sure cars coming north are going down the way as you drive past 17 cars to get. You know, to wherever you're going, Uh, they're a danger to the community and should be stopped.
2: It's
3: the most wonderful time of the year, Patrick. It's the most
4: joy in a different way, you pieces of shit.
3: This brings them great joy. This literally brings them great joy. And here you are. Don't
4: have a don't have a musical show. Drive by. Let people look at your pretty little house. But keep the traffic moving. Just keep that's the that bottom
2: line. Hell.
3: That's what they're saying right now in their musical house.
2: Fuck oh. you, Pat.
3: That's what they're saying.
4: I hope you people live next door to me. I will tell you to your face.
3: You hope they live next door to you. You know, they don't like the, live listener,
4: next door the listener, the listener. Oh, I see what about, you're saying. Like the one who's all indignant about me going off on this. If you live next door to me, which you don't, but anyway, because I know my neighbors and none of them listen to this podcast. They're, they're like 80 years old. They don't, they don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs>
3: I such love that this has become such a big deal. Happy for you.
4: holidays, Bahamut!
3: <laughs> this is amazing. This is so good. This is absolutely outstanding.
4: I'm, I'm glad I gave that to you.
3: Me too. It's
4: a to
3: That's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of the Greg Demarco Show. I hope you enjoyed listening. For those of you who do celebrate. I hope nothing but the best for you, and, and that you enjoy it. And for those of you who don't celebrate, I hope you find something to do that isn't throwing Christmas in your face every 14 seconds. As I know, it's nearly impossible in the commercialized world that we live in here today. And I've always kind of had that soft spot in my heart for those who don't celebrate Christmas. It came from a few years ago, Patrick, O'Dowd, actually when uh, when I was working at, at the Art Institute. As I out way too much information right there. It doesn't matter; they don't exist anymore. And one of my team members didn't celebrate Christmas. And and she would always talk about how, you know, for years, different organizations she worked at, she was basically forced to celebrate Christmas because that's all they did. Right. And so I baked cookies for like the whole team. And at the time I was managing multiple teams because of people that were gone or on leave or whatever. And and I, I bought a box of Christmas cards to give to everybody. And I spent more money on one Hanukkah card for this person than I spent on all of the Christmas cards and I made a whole right. batch of cookies with all this red and green stuff and then had to make this whole separate thing just so I could get a blue and white blue one and white. for okay. her but she hugged me she was just like no one has ever done this like in all of my years right. she's old older woman like like pushing you know 60 at that point. And she was just like, I've been forced to celebrate Christmas so much, and no one's ever bothered to give me a Hanukkah card and make me my own cookie. And like, and would and and in the years that followed, when I was no longer managing her, would continue to bring that up every year. Well, if one year Greg did this, and so and and I'm sure her manager was like, "Gee, thanks, motherfucker!" Like, really, you had to do that, and now we have to live up to that. But I just—I mean, everybody
4: just, does hate that guy, like. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I just, hated
3: the fact that she was put through that for so long, and you know. Oh no, you're the like better person, <laughs> right? And, uh, but we just like, hate it. We yeah.
4: lazy supervisors, like like who don't give a shit. I, actually, I shouldn't talk about me as a supervisor because before this, I was a much better supervisor, and then you you know my you know my life and the hell that I experienced. I do. So
3: I do, and actually, this year as as we've been using lots of Christmas graphics and everything in our emails to our teams. I right. have been the one who has thrown Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and some others in there as well and, and just Hanuk- to Kwanzaa. try to just try to make that make sure that we get some, some representation out there. Not an equal representation, but I wanted to make sure they get out there because it's all about Absolutely. Christmas. All Christmas all the time. So if you celebrate it, please be safe, be happy, be joyous. Um Let's stress the be safe part this year. That every year we tell people to be safe. This year it means something very, very different. And so let's just be smart. You know, having Halloween, then then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, really bad for the whole COVID situation. Let's be honest, and and that's why numbers do what they do. And and coming out of this, we can make some good decisions. But let's try to make it happen, and let's try to make things good. You can follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. On the Twitter, let's get him over 500 followers. That'd be a really great Christmas present for Patrick O'Dowd. You're not getting it, but that'd be a really great Christmas present for Patrick O'Dowd. You can follow me <laughs> at...
4: <laughs> you make it sound like I care about the number of followers I have. It's more
3: fun if we pretend you do. You can follow me at ChairShotGreg. Yes. You can follow the website at Media. You can even follow uh, our, our, our third member here who's not on the show this week, Miranda Morales, at the hashtag Miranda. If you so choose to, go over to chairshot.com, sports entertainment and sports entertainment. Listen to all the amazing podcasts we have. People are still churning out content despite the busyness of the holidays, although the holidays are less busy for some this year than normal. Uh, Head on over to ProWrestingTees.com, forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick up one of those Chair Shot t-shirts. Other than that, you know what? As you uh, have to make some decisions around this holiday period, For Patrick O'Dowd, I'm Greg DeMarco. Just remember when you're making those decisions to always use your head.
0: TheChairShot.com